Creative Babble. It's Friday night and it's getting dark. I'm laying on my back, zipped up in a sleeping bag, in a tent outside of my front yard. The kids are finally asleep. They were wiped out after going to the pool, eating pizza and roasting marshmallows over a fire pit. It's been a long day, but I couldn't go to sleep. So what does a bored podcaster do when he can't sleep? He starts researching ideas for pretend radio. I'm on my phone digging through some documents related to the Word of Faith Fellowship. And there must have been something I was missing. Something I was overlooking. While scanning through the documents, I stumbled upon an email I had never seen before. It was from a Democratic North Carolina State Senate candidate named David Wheeler. And the email was addressed to Jane Whaley. In that email, David Wheeler, the Senate candidate, tells Jane Whaley that he would like to meet her. And oddly enough, she responds. She writes, Can you meet between 3.30 and 4 this afternoon? The state Senate candidate, David Wheeler, confirms a meeting with Jane. But what he does next is kind of messed up. Instead of showing up alone, David Wheeler shows up at the Word of Faith compound with several news reporters and a cameraman. He also brought John Huddle, who is basically Jane Wheeler's arch enemy, and the former sheriff candidate, Wayne Guffey, who is Jane Whaley's distant cousin and a big critic of the church. The political stunt was broadcast on Facebook Live. So we're here to hopefully meet with uh, Ms. Whaley, and, and we've got a couple, a couple questions uh, that we've written up, and we're hoping to get some response. Um, and Ms. Whaley invited us here. We're, we are a little bit early, so I don't think she's... Uh, I'm sorry, this is private property, and we're asking you to leave. Ms. Whaley asked me... This is private property, and we're asking you to leave. Where's Ms. Whaley? Sir, this is private property. Is Jane here? She invited us to attend. This is private property. Where's Ms. Whaley? I am asking you to leave. Well, we're not going to leave until Ms. Whaley tells us. We're happy to talk to Ms. Whaley. She invited me here. I came all the way down from Mitchell County and she invited me. Our camper, we have a notice on the door. It says anybody's welcome. It says we welcome those who come to worship, those who come with curiosity, to criticize, take pictures, or record by video or audio taping are not welcome. The church filed trespassing charges for everyone involved except the Daily Courier reporter Mackenzie Wicker. The moment the church officials told them to go away, you can see in the video, Mackenzie just quietly exits the building. In all fairness, if you read the email, Wheeler never explains to Jane that he intends to bring in the local media to visit. This was kind of a dick move, if you ask me. I'm telling you this because the last people to quote-unquote get an invitation to the church might be spending some time in jail. So, I'm laying inside this tent thinking to myself, Hmm, I have Jane Whaley's email. I should totally ask Jane if I could go visit her at church. I wrote, Hi Jane, I'm an independent reporter working on a story about Word of Faith Fellowship. It makes me sad that the national media is so one-sided. No one has ever given you an honest opportunity to tell your story. 
I realize you have a YouTube channel stating your point of view, but, but no third party has ever had the chance to speak with you. I promise, no tricks. My offer is for you to speak to my listeners directly. Honestly, I didn't expect a reply, but boy was I wrong. I'm Javier Leva, and this is Pretend Radio, Season 3, The Prophet. I woke up the next morning stiff and wet from the morning dew. I grabbed my phone so that the light could help open my eyes. The first thing I see is a notification with a reply from Jane Whaley. I flapped inside my sleeping bag trying to get out and I unzipped the tent and run inside the house. I tell my wife, you'll never believe who just sent me an email. It was Jane Whaley. She wrote, I'm checking with my attorneys. I encourage you to listen to the testimonies on the radio. No children have ever been abused in our church. It is just the opposite. Everyone is greatly loved. She wrote this at 2.20 a.m. Saturday morning, and I quickly responded, Hi, Jane. I have listened to many of the radio shows. I love that you're reaching out to the community. By the way, I'm the only reporter who has put the Cooper's family's claims into question. I wanted her to know that I was genuinely trying to balance out the story. The Coopers, if you remember, is the family Jane says is campaigning to destroy the church. John Cooper is who you heard from back in season one. Jane writes back, The Coopers did not like when I did not allow them to bring their worldly lifestyle into the church. They proposed to close our doors with their lies. God so blessed us. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Jesus said, If you are who you say you are, I would like to meet you before I make any commitment. I would like for you to come to one of our church services. That way you can see the truth. I quickly responded, I can be there tomorrow. What time is the service? Who should I ask for when I get there? She writes back, Our church starts at 9.30 if you want to come and find the truth. They will know who you are. Someone will take you in and show you where your saved seat is. You can sit right up front behind me and my family. Holy smokes. Jane Whaley invited me to her church. Never in a million years did I ever expect to speak to Jane Whaley directly. I mean, nobody, nobody has ever interviewed Jane. She doesn't ever talk to the media. So why me? I'm definitely going. So what if the last people who were invited were charged with trespassing? I mean, I have to take my chances. All this is happening very, very fast. Spindale is about three and a half hours away from where I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. So who am I going to go with? I can't go alone, right? I mean, if no one wanted to come with me before, they're definitely not going to want to come with me now. So I called my new friend, Nolan. He wants to start his own podcast and learn the ropes. Nolan is a pretty cool guy, and we have very similar backgrounds. I've only met him twice before this, but I knew we would hit it off. He told me that next time I go to Spindale, to let him know. He would go with me. 
But asking him to go inside the church? I mean, come on. That's a little extreme, right? So I call him up. Hey, Nolan. You there? So, dude, you're never going to believe who uh, emailed me back. Who? Jane Whaley. I was, like, I was camping out last night with my girls in the front yard, and I woke up, and, like, I checked my email, and, dude, there was, like, an email from her. It was insane. Okay. I I wrote to her yesterday. I found, like, her email and, like, some court document, like, her personal email, and I was like, what the hell? I'm just going to send her an email. Let's see what happens. And she freaking wrote me back, man. What'd she say? She said, um... Actually, let me, let me read it to you, actually. I said, I have listened. I read Nolan the emails. Jesus said, if you are who you say you are, I would like to meet you before I make any commitment. I would like for you to come to one of our church services. That, that way, you can see the truth. And so, <laughs> Do you have a direct invitation from Jesus himself? Yeah. So, Nolan, would you like to go to church tomorrow? Wow. You have to understand that that's a lot to ask of somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got to figure it. So she wants you to go to a service. She wants what? She wants you to go to a service. Yeah, and uh, meet her, and I guess she wants me to check things out. Hmm. Yeah. You want to go to Spindale? After thinking through a couple minutes, Nolan says he's in. Yeah, let's go. This is so crazy, dude. <laughs> I know that this is a lot more than you bargained for, man. Like, I know... Nolan and I work up a plan. He didn't sign up for this. He just wanted to, like, you know, ride along with me. He had no... No, I, I, like, I, like I said, is, you know, I think uh, the, the safety thing we got to figure out, and I don't want to go straight in. And I haven't done the research you've done, so it feels... Well, what do we do, know. though? I mean, like, like safety, like, let's talk about that. Yeah, like, so, I mean, we should... I mean, if you go in, do you feel comfortable being in there on your own? And then I can, you know, because we've got other stuff to do, you know, be down there for the day. And then whenever you have to go to that, I can be on the outside. That way, you know, we could let local law enforcement know, whatever. That way, if something goes bad, so you're, you know, you're going to be like there by my, yourself. You're going to be like my outside man, like share my location. and. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about other things, but you want to. I mean, both of us going in there doesn't seem to make I mean, sense. It would make me feel better, but, you know. <laughs> we decide that he would just drop me off and just hang out outside in case something goes south. I pick up Nolan at 5.30 in the morning. It takes us three and a half hours to get there, and we wanted to make sure we had plenty of time before the service. So we got up at what time, Nolan? We woke up at like, I don't know, 4.30? Yeah, we woke up at 4.30 because, you know, Jane Whaley invited us to church service. And so when, you know, we weren't going to miss out on that opportunity. So I asked her, I said, what do we do when we get there? And she responded and she said that, uh, that they know I'm coming and they will show me to our parking space and that they have a seat for me. Uh, you know, up front behind the, the Whaley family, Jane's family. And so, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to talk to her. I mean, I'm assuming I will be. And I don't know if 
she'll allow me to record. I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk to other church members. I mean, you're not even getting a chance to really speak to her directly beforehand. So you don't even know if you can like record the service. You probably have to ask. Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, as far as I know, I don't think she's ever given the media this type of access before. I mean, I don't think she's ever even done an interview. So this is big. We're getting close, so... Looking good, buddy. You ready? <laughs> we stop at a gas station to change clothes. I got my uh, Sunday best on. Let's do this thing. I hand Nolan the keys and... He starts driving towards the church. Oh, we're getting really close to the church, by the way. So, Bindale, sign. Yeah, I know. But the actual church is on the side of this highway. See, we're going to be making... Oh, wow. uh, we're like right here. Yeah, so we're, we're technically passing right by it. Um, there's a big giant Jesus saves sign approximately where the church is. I wonder if that's theirs. It's 9 a.m. and church service doesn't start for another 30 minutes. What do I do if they say, sorry, you can't record? <laughs> uh, you probably have to turn it off, but you missed all of you. What if they say, excuse me, all that audio you recorded, I need that memory card. I mean, that's a possibility wouldn't give that to them. I mean, they invited you. It's your personal property. I think you start recording and if they tell you to stop recording, that's going to be, that's the chance you're taking is they could take the memory card because if you start recording without asking permission. <laughs> Just going to assume that I'm being invited as a journalist. Yeah, I'm a little freaked out, but I mean, I think once I get in there, I'm going to rock it. It'll just be another weird church service. Just another weird pretend radio episode. Exactly. Nothing new for you. Well, you look nervous, but you're going to be fine. And then... <laughs> You'll never guess what happened next. Yeah, so I hear that you... <laughs> I hear that you and Lou do a good impression of me. <laughs> yeah, and his daughter. Uh, let's hear it. <laughs> when you thought that was everything, there's more. <laughs> it's... it's it's kind of like a scary infomercial. <laughs> it's like oxyclean, but, <laughs> but twisted. Exactly. exactly. All right. Wow. Wow. It's, it's still 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Well, 30 minutes for you to get more nervous, I guess. Poor guy. I'm leaving him alone in a town with no Starbucks. Church starts at 930. He's going to be so bored. Thank you for joining us, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know where to turn. Yeah, it's on uh, Flynn Road. So Nolan starts driving towards the church. I have the recorder and microphone set up in my bag, but I turned on my phone voice recording app to capture everything as we go in. We start driving towards Old Flynn Road. Old Flynn Road is a private road that leads directly inside the church property. We slow down as we approach the guard. Hey, good morning, morning, sir. Pretty good. Yep. Y'all go on down. There'll be somebody down at the Sutton Column down there to meet y'all and get your parking spot. Okay, thank, thank you. you. You're welcome. It's almost like he knew who we were. We knew exactly who we were. We didn't have to say anything. 
We pull forward, and to our right, we see a parking lot with church members getting out of their cars. And to our left is the main building with a sign made out of stone that reads Word of Faith Fellowship. All right, so by noon. Yeah, if you don't hear it from me by noon, uh, you got to check in with me, even if you're in the middle of something. I, I by noon. As soon as I get an opportunity, I'll check with you. But if you don't hear it, I'm just going to drop Yeah, just drop right here. I think we got to talk to this guy. As we drive towards the building, another man with a walkie-talkie motions us to follow him. I'm just dropping off. I'm just dropping him off. Dropping off. Yeah, yeah um, I'm here to speak with Jane Whaley. She invited me to service today. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, just want to go into that opening. Great. Everyone is entering the left side of the building. Great. Thank you. But the guy with the walkie-talkie, he wants us to turn right. He seemed really sketchy about the fact that I'm dropping off. Yeah, that's why we're changing the game. This is like a side entrance. Everybody's going in through the main entrance. What do you think? I would say just pull up right here and let, let me get you out. You don't want to just get out and then I'll yeah. and go out? Yeah, I want to make sure that I see you get out and everything, you know? Just you know, pull up a little bit more. I think that under the overhang. We'll just go like this. We pull under a covered driveway. A man reaches through the driver's side window to shake our hands. How are you? Nice to meet you, Josh. Yeah, so my friend Nolan here is just going to drop me off. Is that okay? Right, fine. No problem. All right. Sure. I mean, you're welcome to come as well. But I appreciate it. Okay, uh, it's up to you, Nolan. I'm, I didn't bring my stuff. All right. All right. Yeah. I'll be around. His name is Josh Farmer. He's one of Jane's attorney. The same attorney I've tried to reach over and over again for over a year. I get out of the car and let out a big sigh and watch as my new friend Nolan just drives away. This, this is really happening. I'm walking into the Word of Faith Fellowship Church alone. The moment I walk in through the door, I'm greeted with big hugs by several women. The only way I could describe this moment is like if I was a soldier returning home from war. As the women release me from their warm embrace, I see Sam Whaley waiting his turn to say hello. He looks at me and says, Javier, it's so great to see you. Can I pause this moment for a second? I know this man and his church are accused of doing horrible things, but I couldn't help but instantly connect with him. He was awesome. His personality quickly put me at ease. Whatever tension I was feeling 30 seconds ago, boom, it was gone. Let me describe Sam Whaley for you. He's a jolly old guy. He reminds me of my grandfather. He has pink plump skin and a great booming laugh. Sam takes me by the shoulder and directs me into Jane's office. We walk in and I'm greeted by several women who each give me a hug. Jane's office was rather large. It was like the size of your doctor's waiting room, maybe even bigger. In the center of the room, there was a giant artificial floral arrangement. On one wall, there's an oil portrait of Jane and Sam holding their dogs. On the opposite end of the room, with golden embellishment around the top. That's Louie the dog's crib. Louie, by the way, has a keeper. I forget her name, but that lady sat in the corner of the room the entire time. Louie runs up and says hi. I pet his head. And when I look up, Jane walks around the corner. And she has a single teardrop running down her left cheek. I was trying to see if maybe she was crying or maybe had allergies, but I couldn't tell. 
I'm like, Rutro, this warm, friendly, welcoming may be coming to an end. Where's mommy? Have they started the church service? She's in the bathroom. Not quite yet. Okay. But I was wrong. Jane extended her arm towards me and gave me a big hug. Hey, you got all these attorneys. Yeah, I recognize you from a big hug. I mean, she didn't let go for a couple seconds. I have to say, she smells really nice. <laughs> kind of minty. Jane, for those of you who have never seen a picture of her, is about five foot six, immaculately shaped golden hair that flares over her ears. And she was wearing a bright pink cotton dress that went all the way down to her feet. She had a matching pink jacket to cover her arms. I gotta tell you, she was so nice. I felt right at home. She told me about her dogs who had recently passed away and how Louie, her new dog, came into her life. You can tell she really, really loves this dog. She immediately asked, are you a Christian? And I said, yes, I'm Catholic. She seemed really disappointed. I explained to her that uh, my buddy Nolan dropped me off. Did um, you come in this morning? Yeah, we just drove in this morning. Who came with you? My friend Nolan. Well, he could have come. Then, Robin, Jane's only biological daughter, walks in the room. There she is. Robin, come in. This is our... So this is your daughter, Robin. Hi, Robin. Nice to meet you. Robin, you're not a hugger? Oh, sure. I am a hugger. You're the first person who hasn't given me a hug. I'm sorry. We're huggers. You might be asking yourself, what the heck is going on here? Why is everyone so happy? Well, there's a reason for this. Former members tell me that this is called love bombing. It's exactly the welcoming I was hoping for. You know, whether it was fake or genuine, I really appreciated it because the alternative scenario sounded pretty scary. Then... I met Frank Webster, Robin's husband. If you recall from the earlier episodes, Frank Webster is the same Frank Webster who was the assistant DA at a nearby county. Yeah, that Frank Webster. I met him along with his son, Brock, who's Jane's beloved grandson. Then walked in Brooke Covington. By the way, she doesn't know I'm a hug. I didn't hug him. I'm just going to hug everybody. Why not? (laughs) Jane introduces her as her adopted daughter. Adopted daughter. They took in all the rebel Cooper children, she and her husband, gave their life, and they abused her and abused her, and then they, they... made them who they are today, yeah. and now they're... Now they're going to put her in jail. Now they're going to put her in jail. <laughs> it took me a second to process this. Basically, what Jane was trying to say was that Brooke tried to tame John Cooper and his family, but they were so ungrateful and are hell-bent on destroying the church. And I, I'm probably stupid enough to probably do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Brooke then said that she's stupid enough to do it again. I guess she meant allow the Coopers to live with her again? Everybody deserves a chance, don't they? It was a little awkward. Brooke, who you will soon learn, is one of the five ministers charged with beating and kidnapping a 16-year-old boy. We'll talk more about that in a future episode. I gotta say, I was really surprised by Jane's warmth and friendliness. But Brooke, I didn't get a great vibe from her. She has a reputation for being a bulldog. And you could tell it's pretty hard for her to love bomb me. 
Jane continues to tell me how much she despises the Cooper family. You know, like you. you well, they—if you knew the Coopers and all of this—is who they brought in. It's really a conspiracy. They were troublemakers, and again, I loved them. And still love them. I yes. love them dearly, and laid down my life for them constantly. Anything. Mm-hmm. But when Benjamin found out he couldn't bring his drinking and his nakedness and his party and his ungodly music. Now, you may believe it all that, so I'm not condemning you or anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a party animal. But that's against the word of God. Sure, here. yeah. Josh Farmer, the attorney, jumps in. She said, you're not going to do that here. You can do, do it, it anywhere, go, go wherever you want to yeah. do it and do it, but not right, here. Right. Because we're not phonies. No, sure. we're, if the Bible says it, we're going, that's how we're Sure, and that's your right. All of a sudden, the music starts playing. It's the most jubilant song I've ever heard. And Jane tells me that service is about to begin. She grabs me by the hand, and we start walking down the hallway towards the sanctuary. The music gets louder and louder the closer we get to the room. What have I gotten myself into? Next time on Pretend Radio, I'll tell you what happens during the service. And I'll tell you about the private hour and a half meeting I had with Jane and her husband, Sam. I still can't believe I'm the first reporter to get this kind of access. That's next time on Pretend Radio. Picture this, a foggy evening, the whisper of secrets in the air, and an invitation to step back into the glamorous and mysterious 1920s. That's the backdrop of June's Journey, the game that's been keeping me glued to my phone lately. Instead of doom scrolling on social media, I am actually playing the part of June Parker, a daring detective with a personal mission to solve her sister's murder. And let me tell you, it is a roller coaster of emotions and puzzles. What's to love? Well, first of all, the thrill of hunting for hidden objects. I'm a sucker for these kinds of games. It's kind of like those books that we grew up with, but with a storyline that keeps thickening. Plus, the game takes place in New York to Paris, uncovering clues of scandalous family secrets that make you feel like a real detective. If you're ready for a dose of mystery, romance, and the glamour of the 1920s, June's Journey is waiting for you. Download it for free on iOS and Android, and let's see who cracks the case first. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There's been some significant news since last week's episode. Jane Whaling has been named in federal court documents for being involved in an unemployment fraud scheme. Does this ring a bell? 
Earlier this season, I reported that two church members pled guilty for laying off employees so they could collect their unemployment benefits. Now, two more people have been charged with the same crime. A woman named Diane Mary McKinney and Kent Covington. Who is Kent Covington? Well, he's the husband of Brooke Covington, Jane's so-called adopted daughter. The fact that Jane Whaley's name was mentioned in these court documents is huge. Prosecutors say that Jane Whaley encouraged Covington to carry out unemployment schemes for at least five businesses with ties to the church, but Covington denies that Jane was involved, and she has not been charged with any crime. This is not Kent Covington's first brush up with the law. In 1974, Covington spent eight months in a North Carolina prison for breaking and entering and larceny. For his most recent charges, he could face a maximum of 30 years in prison and a million dollar fine. Just yesterday, as of this recording, Kent Covington pled guilty. Guys, this story is just unfolding. I will keep you updated through Facebook or Twitter or this feed as the story develops. So stay tuned. I really hope you guys are enjoying this season. This is the hardest project I've ever worked on. And the podcast is growing like crazy, but it's still a baby compared to some other shows out there. If you want to support the show, the best thing and the easiest thing you can do is just tell your friends and your family about it. Seriously, everybody asks me, why isn't Pretend Radio bigger? Well, because people haven't heard it. So go out there and tell somebody. (laughs) I also want to give a huge shout out to Nolan Ether for jumping in and helping me. A lot of you don't realize this, but Nolan has actually helped on more than half of the episodes this season. And he's going to start his own podcast soon. And trust me, you'll be the first to know about it. And I also want to say hello to a very special listener. She's a middle schooler, and her name is Sophie, and she's a big fan of this show. So hi, Sophie. And I hear you have a killer impersonation of me. I can't wait to hear it. Also, I really do want to take the time to thank the Word of Faith Fellowship for welcoming me into their church. Despite everything, they were very welcoming, and I met some really nice people. All I'm trying to do here is learn the truth, and I thank them for opening up their doors to me. Okay, everyone, see you next week for part two of Meet Jane Whaley. But if you can't wait, the next episode's available right now on Patreon. Just visit pretendradio.org and hit the donate button. Hong Kong Confidential is a podcast designed to educate and entertain my audience. It's an interview-style show where many topical social issues are discussed and personal stories are shared. The podcast can be inspiring, confronting, harrowing, and at times hilarious. We all need to be heard to heal, and listening to the experiences of others can often help the rest of us deal with what life has to throw at us. Hong Kong Confidential, available on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and Google Play. Do you know what the FBI does? Do you know who the FBI is? What most people know about the FBI comes from popular culture, like books, TV, and movies, and of course, the news. But on the true crime podcast, FBI Retired Case File Review, you'll hear directly from retired agents who worked some of the FBI's biggest cases. 
FBI Retired Case File Review is available at jerrywilliams.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular podcast apps. I hope you'll investigate the show. Creative Power.